Very good. You can take a seat. Thank you, team. How are you all this morning? Good? Fantastic. Ready for a good morning? Well, it's my privilege this morning to be able to introduce our, our guest preacher. His name is Ben Sattler. He is a Singleton boy. Did you grow up? Born in Singleton? Born in Singleton. Singleton Hospital. Yes, we can tell, Matt. We can tell he's from Singleton. So it's great to have Ben back in the Hunter. Now, this is a, just a little thing. Ben serves on team at Blue Mountain City Church with Kevin and Marilyn Brett, who are the senior pastors, people who I really admire and respect. And Kev reckons that Ben is a phenomenal preacher. So no pressure whatsoever. Just put that out there. But um, Ben is a diehard Knights fan living in Penrith. And I am a diehard Panthers fan living in the Hunter. So we've got something to talk about, especially because we won and they lost. But that's okay. We won't talk about football anymore. But seriously, it is a great privilege to have Ben come up for us. I know that he shared at our youth ministry earlier this year, and I heard great reports about that. And it's a privilege to have him here this morning in our service, but also back again tonight in our 6 p.m. service. So why don't we give him a great real-life church welcome. Stand and welcome as he comes to share this morning with us. Thanks, Ben. Awesome. You can take a seat. Thank you so much for having us here this morning. Uh, your pastors, Lottie and Loz, are incredible. I only met Loz this morning, um, but I've known Lottie for a few years now. And uh, when I was a youth pastor in Singleton, I would go to Lottie and um, ask for advice and uh, organize to catch up with him. I think at the time he was leading Newcastle's largest youth ministry, I believe, and I would go and try and glean as much wisdom and knowledge as I could, and um, I still feel like I'm just trying to learn from him today. So it is an honor to be here this morning with you, and when I look around this room this morning, I look around and I see a lot of people that I know and love from my time in the Hunter, and that have been through me, through uh, been with me, sorry, through thick and thin throughout the years, and um, helped me out in a lot of different ways. And so I love, I love being here, and it's an honour to be here this morning. So let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word today. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I pray you'd speak to each one of us today. I pray you'd encourage and challenge us. You'd call us to become all you're calling us to be this morning from your word, I pray. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Fantastic. Well, we've been doing a series in our church called Conversations with Jesus. And so I want to share a message out of that series that um, I, I, I did share at our church, and it's called On the Way. On the way through. I don't know whether you're like me, but I'm one of those people that is like a people person. But if I've got a task to do, if I've got something to get done, I'm like, don't get in my road. I've got my list. I've got my goals. I've got my tasks list. I know what I want to do. I want to get it done. I love people, but don't get in my road if I'm trying to get my stuff done. And I kind of feel like when I've looked at Jesus' life and seen the way that he conducted himself in his conversations with people and the way that he interacted with humanity and went along and did what he needed to do with his disciples and the many miracles that took place, it's interesting to me that Jesus was constantly interrupted. He was constantly on his way somewhere and he was interrupted on the way. He was constantly trying to get a task done, but people came and interrupted him. In fact, Jesus didn't get up every morning and just think, hey, today I've got a one o'clock, a blind person gets healed. I've got a three o'clock, someone's going to get out of a wheelchair. He just went about his day 
And it was amazing how the miracles or the interruptions became miracles. It's amazing in our life how we can be on the way to doing things and God can open up opportunities. We think there's an obstacle there, but there is an opportunity for us on the way. As we make our way through life, Jesus has many things that he's opened up for us, many things that he wants us to be aware of and to make sure that we don't just have our eyes on our daily tasks, but we have our eyes on the purpose that he has for each one of us. You know, it says in Romans 12 verse 2, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. See, your life's purpose trumps your daily plans. And the things that God's called for you to do, the good works that He's prepared in advance for you to do, oftentimes can be disguised as interruptions. They can be things that come out of left field, areas that we didn't expect to, to, for things to happen, and then they can be great opportunities of miracles, great opportunities of interaction, great opportunities of conversations with people that could work out being a miracle. I love the stories of Jesus through the gospel as he was just interrupted time and time again and turned those into miracles. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, come with me to Luke chapter 19, verse 1. I want to look at the story of Zacchaeus this morning, which is a classic case of interruption as Jesus was on his way through a town to get towards somewhere else. He had many tasks to accomplish, no doubt, many things that he needed to achieve throughout that day. But yet in that moment, he was interrupted and a miracle took place. Luke chapter 19 verse 1 reads this way, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. He's on his way through. Verse 2, there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. The reason that he'd become rich is because the chief tax collectors, in fact, just tax collectors in general, were known for ripping off people. They would go and take more than just the taxes that they were required to take off the people. They would rob them more than that. And therefore, then they would live amongst the people and live these wealthy lives, which was an insult to the people, because ultimately the people that they had stole from were the people that were living amongst them, seeing this great life that they were living, and it was very hurtful. And so he was ostracized in his community. People that were in the culture of the day would have despised who Zacchaeus was. Verse 4 goes on to say, So he ran ahead, sorry, sorry, verse 3 says, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. It's interesting to me that Zacchaeus climbed a tree that somebody had planted a seed for many years earlier. And he climbed that tree to see Jesus because somebody had planted a seed many years before that so that he could climb that. It's amazing to me how many times we sow seeds in people's lives and we may never feel like we see the results of that, but one day maybe somebody climbs that tree because we planted that seed. Maybe somebody sees Jesus because a seed was sown, a smile was given, a word of encouragement was given. Somebody had come alongside them and encouraged them and shared the gospel with them. That's the seeds that can sometimes produce a tree 
to see Jesus. And this church is literally a tree where people can come and see Jesus because people have sown seeds over the years to get to this point. And so he comes and he says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He is going to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. And meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. If I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Incredible. What a powerful passage of Scripture. What a great reminder to us of the way that Jesus sees us. That even though at times we feel like we are hiding in a tree just like Zacchaeus, our attent- that the attention of Jesus is on us. He sees us. He knows our circumstances. He knows exactly what we're facing right now. He knows even when we're in hidden areas like a tree looking at Jesus, He knows where we are. It's amazing to me, this scripture tells me a lot about who Jesus is, but it also tells me a lot about, as a disciple of Jesus, how I should interact with other people, how I should convey the gospel, how I should take this passage as a template to be able to use when it comes to reaching other people. You know, the goal of Christianity is to make God's priorities our priorities. And ultimately, God's greatest priority is people. And he wants us to be able to reach out to people. He wants us to be able to impact people's lives and make, make our lives a, a place where we can welcome people in, where we can accept people, where we are aware of those that are around and about us and we can have great impact. And so I want to look this morning at three ways to elevate God's purpose above our daily plans. And the first point this morning, the first thing is number one is awareness. If we go back to the passage, it says in Luke 19, verse 13, it says he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. And then listen to this. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, and he called him by name. It's interesting to me that sometimes our greatest opportunities can be disguised as somebody standing in a tree. The greatest miracles that could take place can sometimes be somebody that's hidden and obstructed in a tree. And oftentimes we aren't aware of the opportunities that are in front of us. Awareness is such a powerful thing. To be aware of what's going on, to be aware of the people that we're connecting with, to be aware of the stories of their life and what's been going on. It's amazing if you look on YouTube, you can see multiple videos of people that are on their phone and looking at their phone and then they walk into a pool or they walk into a pole or they walk into different areas where they they just completely crash into something because they're just completely unaware of the circumstances around them, of the situations around them. It's amazing because our phones are created to connect us to people, but oftentimes they are the biggest uh, thing that disconnects us from people. We can be right in front of somebody and looking at messages, looking at Facebook, looking at all these things going on on our phone, but missing the opportunity to connect 
with the person in front of us. Awareness. And I pray that we would be aware of the opportunities that are in front of us. I pray that we would be aware that God is in our midst. It says in Romans 12, 11, it says, Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflamed. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. That we'd be alert and ready in every season to be able to meet and interact with people. Just a few weeks ago when I was preparing for this message, I was on my way from somewhere. I was just getting in my car to go somewhere, to, to basically to go home. And um, as I went to get in my car, I seen this man sitting in the gutter just near where my car was. And I seen him there. He was kind of looked, he looked depressed. And as I was walking to my car, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, go and speak to that man. Go and speak to him. And I was thinking about what I was going to eat for dinner that night, confessions of a pastor. And I was thinking about what was going on in my world. So I just got in my car and started to drive off. And as I was driving off, I felt the Holy Spirit, that voice just wouldn't go away. Go and speak to that man. And so I, I kind of like turned around the car. I thought, God, this is embarrassing. How am I going to now turn around, go back and see this guy, park up near him and try and make an excuse for why I've just gone back. He's just seen me get in my car and drive off. God, this is embarrassing. And so I just got back in my car, turned around. I, I, I pulled up right in front of where this guy was. And I got out of the car and started to walk over. And I started conversing with this guy, having this conversation and just asking him, what he was up to and why he was there. And I ultimately ended up sitting in the gutter next to this guy and we begin talking. And he starts sharing with me why he's in the situation he's in. He's drinking and he's kind of starting to talk. And then he starts to share this story about when his mum passed away, when he was about 13 years old. And he starts talking and he starts crying. He starts tearing up about that and kind of giving a bit of the circumstance as to why he is in the place where he is today. And then I'm able to share with him about how my mum passed away when I was 11 years old. And we start talking about this and this guy's crying and he's saying to me, I'm so sorry for crying. And I'm like, mate, it's fine. It's 100% fine. And he keeps talking and we talk for a little bit longer. And then the conversation comes up about church when he asks what I do for a living. And, um, and so he starts asking me about church. And then, then he says, you know what? Christians, they're so arrogant. They think they're so much better than everybody else. And I kind of laugh and I said, well, some of them do. But not all of them are like that. Not all Christians are like that. And we just keep talking for a little longer. And I get in the car. I leave the conversation. See you later. I get back in the car and I start to drive off again. I'm thinking, I don't know whether I'll see this guy again. And as I'm driving off, I feel the Holy Spirit say to me, go back and give him your jumper. <laughs> And I'm like, God, are you trying to embarrass me right now? I've already been back once. You want me to go back again? I'm like, I like this jumper that I'm wearing. I'm literally wearing it right now. I like it. And so I have this five-minute fight with God in the car before ultimately I turn around and go back. I get out of the car. I take my jumper off. I walk over. I said, hey, I could see that it was cold. I could see that it was wet that week. He was going to be sleeping out. And I just said, hey, mate, I just want to give you this jumper. Um, I, just, I just feel to give you this jumper. And he says, you know what? That is the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. And I just gave him that jumper and I jumped back in the car and I drove off. And I don't know whether I'll ever see that guy again. But I hope in some way 
it sowed a small seed in his life that he doesn't think all Christians are arrogant. That he doesn't think that all Christians just think they're better than everybody else. And I don't tell that story this morning to brag about what I did. Because to be honest, at every turn, I didn't want to do it. At every turn, I tried to get out of it. At every turn, I wanted to just go home and eat my dinner. (laughs) But here's the thing. Convenience is the way that our society works today. But being aware is inconvenient. Being aware of the opportunities around us is not convenient. It's not something that we naturally want to do. So we have to fight the tide to be somebody that says, you know what, I'm choosing to be aware. I'm choosing to be aware of the people around me and I'm going to smile. I'm going to connect. I'm not just going to go back, do my nine to five and just do my routine and focus on me, me, me. But I'm going to live in such a way that I'm aware of the opportunities that are around and about me in my life. I love in Luke uh, Luke 10 verse 27, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the gospel, that we would love people. And the simplicity of the gospel doesn't change. That we would go out, that we would be aware of the opportunities around us. And I want to remind you this morning that God is aware of you. He's aware of the pain that you're facing. He's aware of the season that you're in right now. He's he's aware of the hurt and the pain that you may be going through at this point in your life. God is aware. I remember a few years ago, uh, our our first little boy, Cooper, who's now three years old, he was the result of us going through IVF. And it was quite a painful journey for a, a long period of time trying to fall pregnant with Cooper. And I remember we, we went through six months of this medication we were on and then we went through IVF and the first cycle failed and then we were on to the second cycle. And I remember driving away from hospital with my wife, Amy. And as we were driving away from the, the hospital area, Amy had just had the embryo implanted and we're kind of driving away and, and real talk between a husband and a wife. We're just kind of talking and we're saying to each other, you know what, I don't know whether it's good to just believe anymore and then be disappointed or just not to believe at all so there's no disappointment if this doesn't work and we're talking amongst each other and kind of tears rolling down our face and in that moment as we were talking we we literally looked up and there was this sign on our right hand side this sign that was on this church building this huge sign and it just said this hope the miracle is on the way And we start crying and we just start praying in that moment. We just made the decision, we're going to believe. And that embryo is my three-year-old little boy today. And I just kind of think, how good's God? Come on, give him a hand. How good is God? And he's just so aware of our situation. He's aware of our pain. He's aware he's in your pain. He's in your hurt. He's in every situation. God is there. Even if you're just like Zacchaeus hiding in a tree, trying to see what this Jesus is all about, he is aware of you. He's aware of all that's going on in your world. The second point that I see out of this passage is not only is he aware, but he gives attention. You see in Luke chapter 19, verse 5, if we go back to the text, it says, when Jesus came by, He looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. Jesus is that guy that invites himself over for dinner. (laughs) 
And he comes to Zacchaeus now and he invites himself over. I love the fact that he calls Zacchaeus by name. I love the fact that he doesn't just let it be a surface level. Hi, Zacchaeus, how are you going? And just keep on passing through. But Jesus gave him the attention. Jesus said, no, I'm going to stop. I'm going to have dinner with this person. I'm going to take some time to give this person attention. It says a lot to me about the heart of God, that his attention and that his focus is on us, that he wants to spend time with us, that he wants to have relationship with us. You know, we were doing this series at church, Conversations with Jesus, and a couple of weeks ago, we were doing this talk, and my pastor Marilyn, she spoke about this, this whole message on come as you are, and uh, she talked about going out into community and reaching people, and so I came home from church kind of quite pumped up. We got new neighbors just on our, our, our right side of where we live. And uh, so I thought, I'm going to go over. I'm going to introduce myself to these new neighbors. I'm going to go say hello to them. I'm going to welcome them. And and I'm just going to introduce myself. So I went over there. I knocked on the door. And I start talking to them. I said, my name's Ben. My, it's my wife, Amy, and son, Cooper. And I, he, I just wanted to get to know you guys and welcome you to the, the neighborhood. And, and I start talking to them. I give them my mobile number. If, you, if you're away or, or, or doing anything at all, just let me know. And I can put your bins out or anything like that that you need. And and I just want you to know we're just next door and just uh, love to connect with you. And they were like blown away that that kind of happened. They said, oh, thanks so much. And anyway, I went home from there kind of thinking nothing of it. Well, a few days later, they came over and the husband was Indian. They come over to our house and they drop off this whole Indian cooked meal at the front door. They just knock on the door and say, hey, we just cooked you a meal. We just couldn't believe that you would come over and welcome us to the neighborhood. So here's a meal. I'm just thinking, there's a benefit already for just giving attention to someone. This is incredible. Uh, This is awesome. So I'm thanking them for the meal. And I'm just chowing down, enjoying this great meal. Well, a couple of weeks later, I... I kind of seen one of the neighbors, you know, when you kind of get home in your driveway and you just want to go into your house, you're kind of on your way to doing something. Well, there I was, just got out of my car and I seen the neighbor there and they were just having a cigarette on the, on the front kind of lawn area. And so I walked over and I, I kind of started, started up this conversation with them. And as I'm talking, this neighbor says to me, hey, are you a Christian? And I'm like, hesitant thinking, oh, where's this going to lead? And so I'm like, Yes, I am actually. I am a Christian. And she says, I knew it. I knew you were a Christian because nobody comes over to your house and welcomes you to the neighborhood anymore. (laughs) Nobody does that. And she said, you know what? The other reason that I knew is that on a Wednesday night, I noticed that a whole group of people start to come over to your house. It's our Bible study. A whole bunch of people come over to your house. I see all these cars kind of getting there. And I just knew that must be a Bible study. And so she starts talking to me. She says, you know what? I used to go to church. And uh, I haven't been to church for a long time. We had kind of a falling out, but I would love to get connected to church. And then she proceeds to invite herself to my connect group and says, hey, would you mind if I come over to the connect group? When has that ever happened? How many people have had that happen? And so I said, yeah, absolutely. And so she invites herself over and comes over. And uh, now we're sorting around and getting connected into our group, which is incredible. But you know what that whole story comes out of is just attention. I could have just walked into my house that night and I could have just went and got about all that I needed to do. But there was a moment there that I needed to be aware of and give attention to. It's incredible how when we do that, it helps us to be able to shift our focus off ourselves 
and onto other people. A few months ago, we looked after a few uh, friends' dogs, and their two dogs were named Harley and Thor. And there were these two little dogs. Harley was like ancient of days. It was like the world's oldest dog. I thought that Harley was going to take his last breath while I was looking after him for the couple of weeks that I was looking after them. But uh, Thor was this kind of young dog that was just kind of like full of energy, full of life. And so I'm not really a dog person, but my wife went to, to bed one night and she said, Ben, you're looking after the dogs. And so I'm like, oh, no, okay, all right, no worries. And so she went to bed. It's about 10.30 at night. I'm looking after these dogs, and then I decide to go to bed. And, I, uh, and she says, just make sure you check on them before you go to bed. And so I go out to check on the dogs. I start looking outside for the dogs, and I can't find Thor. Harley, which is the one that looks like he's on his last breath anyway, is just sitting there, like breathing heavily. I'm like, you all right, Harley? And, uh, and uh, I get out there, and I, I just can't find Thor. I'm looking around everywhere. I'm going out like it's like getting towards 11 o'clock now. I've got my light on my phone. I'm searching up and down my, my backyard. I don't have a big backyard. I'm going down the side of my house. I'm looking everywhere and I cannot find this dog. I'm thinking, oh no, I'm going to be calling my friends and telling them I've lost their dog. This is horrible. And so I come to that point where what, you do what every husband does when they can't get the solution to a problem. You go to your wife. And so I, I go into the bedroom and I wake up Amy and I say, babe, one of the dogs is gone. It's legit gone. I cannot find it anywhere. And she makes this shriek, like, <gasps> like kind of sound like, like a human should never make. Like it's woken her from her sleep and she's terrified. And so she comes flying out of the bedroom. And I kid you not, she comes to the door and the two dogs are at the door. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Where has this dog been for the last half an hour? I've been searching for it. But you know, the thing about that story is that I didn't just think at the time, oh, well, they've got one dog. I'll just call my friend and say, well, at least you've got one. The whole time I searched for that dog like it was the most important thing in that moment. I searched for Thor like I had no other priority in that moment. And I kind of feel like that's like Jesus when it comes to the lost. He goes after the lost and he wants us to have that same heart where we don't just settle with the dogs, with the people that we have, the people that we're comfortable with right now, but we would go out and we would reach people, that we would reach the lost wouldn't just focus upon ourselves, but of course, it comes from us having attention and having our focus and attention on God. And finally, the last point is this. Firstly, it was awareness. We need to be aware. Then we need to give attention. And then finally, uh, it says we, in, in, verse, um, in verse 6, and the third point is this acceptance. Luke 19, verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. But meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. Incredible to me that Zacchaeus was ostracized in the community. He was left out. He wasn't liked because he was rich. He wasn't liked because he was a tax collector. He might not have been liked because he was short, but he was, he was ostracized in the community. People didn't want to spend time with him. In the culture of the day, he was put aside, but yet Jesus accepted him. 
Jesus invited him in whilst everybody else wanted to judge him, whilst everyone else wanted to judge Jesus for spending time with him, Jesus himself accepted him and invited him into his world, invited himself over for dinner. He wanted to connect and have relationship with him. I love in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, it says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. You know, the church is a place that we want to be the most accepting place in the world. The team can make their way up if they're they're ready to. We want the church to be a place where it's a place where it embraces people. It welcomes people in. I'll finish with this story. My pop has passed away now. He's one of the most loving people in the world. And my pop was a notorious hugger. He was, he was one of those guys that just loved to give you a hug. You didn't give him a hug, you just received a hug. You didn't really get a chance to kind of embrace him because he just smothered you in love. And uh, he would oftentimes humiliate me in front of my friends because if he seen me in the shopping center, he would point me out from like 30 meters away and you knew what was coming. In front of your friends as like a 13-year-old, it was humiliating. And he, so he would, he would start running towards you. And then, then he'd proceed to do this thing where he would he'd pretend to put salt and pepper on you. And he'd be like, I'm going to eat you. And so he, this is in front of your friends. He's putting salt, he's putting pepper, and you're like, oh no, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then he would just jump in and just completely smother you and hug you. You could hardly breathe. And you're kind of looking at your friends that are like laughing at you. You're like, ah. And, but then, then the thought would hit me because I knew what was just about to take place. The love wasn't just going to be stopped at me. My friends were about to get a hug. And I knew it was about to happen. And they're laughing one minute. The next minute, they are choking on a hug from my pop. And the salt and pepper is going upon them as well. And he would just embrace them and just completely hug them. And it's just like Jesus. His grace and his love accepts and embraces us. And you know what? We've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short. We've all done things wrong, just like Zacchaeus. But the great thing about Jesus is He doesn't hold our sin and our past against us. His love and His grace smothers us. His love and His grace overwhelms us. His love and His grace embraces us in every area of our life. And I guess this morning, I just want to remind you again to be aware of God, to give your attention to the things He's calling you to give your attention to and to remember that to accept people for who they are accept them and embrace them and let God's love transform it's amazing that in this story Zacchaeus he wasn't transformed by the judgment but he was transformed by the love when Jesus loved him his ultimate response was to change and to transform and to give back to the poor to give back to those that he'd robbed it was God's love that transformed his life. And it's God's love that's transformed my life and transformed who I am. This morning, all over this place, I I want you to be aware that God's aware of your situation. He knows you. His attention and his focus, his eyes are on you. And you may be like Zacchaeus in that tree this morning here in church today, trying to get a view of who Jesus is 
And you may think that you're not getting noticed by God, but Jesus notices you. He knows who you are and He wants to connect with you. Just like He invited Zacchaeus and said, hey, I want to come into your house and have a meal with you. He wants to come into your life and connect with you. So I wonder all over this place this morning whether we could close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment. I don't know where you are with God this morning. I don't know where your relationship stands with God today, but I do know this, that Jesus loves you and He wants to have relationship with you. He wants to know you intimately. He wants you to know purpose and to know hope. And the truth is that you'll only ever know that by connecting with God, connecting with Jesus and having a personal relationship with Him. He accepts you. So many people think that if I walk into a church building, the the walls of the church and the, the roof will cave in because of all the mistakes that I've made in my life. And Jesus never seen it like that. He came to seek and save those who were lost. He came and He died on a cross so that He could forge a relationship with you. He wanted to know you personally. So all over this place this morning with eyes closed and heads bowed, I want to ask you this morning if you want to start a relationship with Jesus. Perhaps you've had one and you've fallen away. You feel like you're so distant from God at this point in time. Well, this morning is a moment just like Zacchaeus when he was in the tree to look out and for Jesus to call you by name and to get that relationship right. Whether you don't have a relationship at all or whether you've drifted off, this morning is an opportunity for you to reconnect with Jesus or to connect for the first time and have relationship with Him. So I'm going to ask this morning, if that's you and you feel this morning that you want to make that commitment again to renew that relationship, would you lift up your hands in this place this morning and acknowledge that so that I can pray for you this morning. I don't want to embarrass you or call you out, but I want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. And if that's you, why don't you lift your hand so that I can pray for you this morning and pray for God to connect, God to come into your world and and give you great purpose and remind you again of what it's all about, relationship with Jesus. Fantastic. Anybody this morning want to make that decision? Say, Jesus, I want to connect with you this morning. I want to make this a priority. I want to make sure that my life is right with you. When all is said and done, life is all about relationship. And the most important relationship is your relationship with God. So I don't know where you sit this morning, but I don't want to leave this place without people having that opportunity to connect and make sure that foundation is strong. Fantastic. Would you all stand with me this morning? I see that hand. Stand with me this morning. Fantastic. Everyone all over this place, I've seen that hand up the back there. and I'm not sure if there was others that want to respond this morning, but what I want to do is I want to pray a prayer and give every one of us an opportunity, just a prayer of commitment, just giving our life to Jesus, giving our life to His purpose. And whether you lifted your hand or whether you didn't lift your hand, but you know you needed to, This morning, I want to pray this prayer together as a church family. And it's a prayer of commitment saying, God, I give my life to you. And I I invite you to come and do what you want to do in my life. So would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, this morning, I give you my life. Lord, make me aware of your purpose, of your plans for my life. I give everything of me to you. Thank you 
for what you did for me on the cross. And I give my life to you. Use me for your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, I pray for every person in this building this morning. I pray that you'd help us to be aware, Lord God, of your plans and your purposes for our life, Lord. We're aware of your love for us, Lord. Help us to have our attention on the right things, Lord Jesus. And I pray, help us to not forget that we are accepted by you. Even when we mess up and make mistakes, Lord, we are accepted and loved by you. Your stance towards us is always love. And I pray that we would know that and feel and know your embrace and know your grace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.